The Insider's Guide to the Capital's Housing and Rental Scene. Hot Property on Newstalks NB's Wellington Mornings. It's that time of the fortnight that we speak to property expert, one of Wellington's biggest landlords, Matt Ryan. Good morning, Matt. Oh, good morning, Nick. The government is considering, let's start with this one because I know it's something that interests you. The government is considering extending the healthy homes deadline for landlords, including Kaingaroa. How would this affect you as a landlord and the market? Well, it's an interesting topic. Uh, They've actually come out today, Megan Woods has come out today, and they have actually extended uh, that legislation. But, you know, I think... If you if you hone down onto this, this is absolute horseshit. Quite frankly, the healthy homes legislation was shoehorned uh, into legislation back in Labor's first term in November two thousand seventeen, and it was really, in many ways, the first kind of attack on landlords. The government mandated that private landlords upgrade their housing to meet the new standards by July uh, twenty twenty one. And to put that into perspective, there's around 600,000 rental homes that need to be upgraded in that time. So even though you maybe built a house to the building code in 2017, it then had to be upgraded to meet healthy home standards. So this meant that if you just completed a home to New Zealand building code, it was perfectly okay uh, for you to live in yourself and house your children. But should you want to rent it to another family, you would need to upgrade it. The premise of the legislation was that the vulnerable families and worse vulnerable children were getting sick, with the cause of illness being uh, uh, blamed squarely on the homes they live in. Strangely, though, only children who live in rental rentals succumb to these illnesses, as obviously owner-occupied houses are exempt from these upgrades. The government says it focuses on vulnerable people and vulnerable children. Housing New Zealand, we are told by this government, house the most vulnerable people and the most vulnerable children. However, for some unknown reason, the Labor government has given its own housing department an additional two years to meet the standards. Put another way, this government thinks it's okay for vulnerable families and vulnerable children to be housed in its own care to be at risk of serious illness and hospitalisation for two years longer than those that rent from private landlords. I just think, you know, they've granted that extension now and... Um, but that's for private landlords as well, eh? Yeah, but, but, the, but the nonsense about that is that they know full well that all private landlords had to... Uh, uh, had to fulfil those obligations. The deadline was over one and a half years ago, so all the all the private landlords have already filled the de- the obligations. So, so by saying that the private landlords will also have an oh, extension, I get you. Yeah, I get as you. a moot point because we've already had to comply anyhow to put tenants in there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, yeah. we couldn't put tenants in there unless we complied. That's right. So we've private landlords have already complied. There's been strict legislation, obviously fines handed out at the tenancy tribunal for those landlords that haven't complied, and yet the government haven't complied themselves, and in order to make it seem like an acceptable compromise, they've said, I oh, will give landlords an extension <laughs> as well, knowing for well that landlords have already complied. To get a tenant in there. 0800 80 is the number if you'd like to ask Matt a question. Uh, he'll he'll answer anything, whether it's you're looking at a property, you're concerned about a property. I've just been talking to Morthea about a property I'm looking at that concerns me, and he, he put me straight on that. We've been talking uh, this morning also, Matt, 0800 80 1080, by the way, or 9292. If you want to text the question, if you're a bit shy and want to text Matt a question, he won't bite. I won't allow him to bite. There's been talk, we've been talking this morning about a housing and shopping centre for Trentham Racecourse. From your experience, do you think something like this will work? Do you think people will want to live near a racecourse? Oh, look, infill housing is a good thing, and it's good for Upper Hutt. It's great for the local economy. It's good for the builders. It's there's there's not much negative about it, I think. And obviously, new healthy homes being built are a great thing in the Wellington region. Um, 
well, you know, there might be some stigma about being right by the by the uh, by the race course, but at the same token, uh, land in Wellington is becoming very hard to find. So, uh, you know, there'll be plenty of new families that find that as a uh, find that a, a suitable opportunity. Uh, 0800 80 1080 is the number. An Auckland property owner, now this, I find this very amusing. An Auckland property owner threw in a Tesla as a way of enticing buyers. They say they've received international interest in hundreds of phone calls. I mean, come on. We've both been around property a long time. When's the last time they offered a car, let alone a Tesla, to sweeten the deal? Well, I think it's very clever, actually. If you've got a down market like this, you, you can either sit in your hands and just hope that the market comes to you, or you can offer some sort of incentive that gets people talking. And strangely enough, I had a look at the article, and of course, at the same time you're looking at the article, you get to see the home at the same time. And that's generating interest, and obviously that's uh, a prudent way to um, work with a market that's maybe softer than you'd like. And I think that's a very clever piece of marketing. And ultimately, I guess, the cost of the car is going to have to come from somewhere. Obviously, it's going to be worn either by the purchaser or the or the vendor. The vendor says there's no extra charge for that. But, yeah, it is, it is a very clever technique in a market like this to just rise above the masses. Now, you're well known for owning a car or two. Some would say you own more cars than most car yards in town. But uh, would you be throwing in a car on some of yourself? Oh, look, I think having creative ideas is always good. Uh, I can't say I've ever offered a car, although I do seem to have, it's a bit of a passion of mine. I've certainly got too many. I think I've sold about uh, 15 this year alone, maybe more than 15. So, um, yeah, look, I haven't ever done that, but I think anything that's clever and out of the box and and has a different um, perspective on something is really good, particularly in a soft market. Is the market still soft? Oh, look, unquestionably, it is right around the country. And I mean, Wellington, unfortunately, has probably been leading the softness of the market if you look at the statistics. Um, so, yeah, right across the country, we're seeing a situation where it's clearly a buyer's um, market. But that will that will change for certain. And as I've always said, um, these are times where you have an opportunity to buy and to buy exceedingly well. And so I, I commend anybody that's got the fortitude to um, to take uh, steps and actually purchase in this market. There'll be a lot of our listeners out there that listen in ba- with bated breath to your comments about where the market is and where it's going up and when it's going down. I'll be asking the big question, why every time we pick up the paper or listen to the radio is Wellington at the at the forefront of the prices dropping? Why are we doing it so much tougher than people, places around the country? Well, Wellington, uh, probably I saw an article uh, maybe a bit over a year ago, and I think it was the third increasing, uh, the third highest increasing city in the world at that stage. So we, I guess we went up um, like a helium balloon. We went up a bit higher than the rest of the country, and now we're seeing a corresponding hangover a little bit. But Wellington traditionally has actually been a pretty stable market. If you go right back to the 1960s, and I've seen prices right back then, Wellington on average has increased about 10% uh, per annum, where Auckland actually has a much more of a heart heart monitored type approach, they tend to find greater rises and greater falls. But okay, I've got a couple of questions here. Margaret, you have a question for Matt. I was just wondering if he had any knowledge as to whether the government might be reimbursing landlords that were penalised for not being up to healthy home standards in the last couple of years. Remember that the tenants were able to pot the landlords that did not have their homes up to scratch. But, of course, they couldn't pot the government. Oh, yeah, well, that's an interesting one. I mean, this is where they have one rule for them and one rule for everybody else. 
There's no question. Yeah. That's why I'm so bemused by this extension um, on behalf of the government when they've made every landlord comply. I mean, it's a huge number of houses, 600,000 houses, a lot of homes to get um, insulated and with heat pumps and all, all the everything else that's gone with it. So, yeah, look, I, I think this government has a very draconian attitude towards some of these things, certainly penalising landlords for... Uh, legitimate tax deductibility it just is right off the Richter scale in my opinion I can't believe how they can even uh, think that's conscionable and particularly in a situation now we've had rates triple in the last uh, last year I think that's really poor form on behalf of Labour Thanks Margaret Peter you've got a quick question Thank for Matt Thank you very much um, you, you know like the country's debt is so high we're similar to Sri Lanka will that ever collapse the property market please? Well, I can't speak too much about Sri Lanka. I mean, look, I think I think New Zealand's got a pretty good, stable um, political spectrum, uh, and we've got confidence. And Kiwis like property. I don't ever see property uh, crashing. I think uh, I think we just had too much of a party uh, post COVID. Uh, clearly, we did. Um, the market was going up at an uns- unsustainable rate for too long, and actually, back during that time, I was hoping that the market would start stabilising because you just end up with a hangover if you have too much capital gain, and that's clearly what we had. And now we're seeing, um, I guess, the the ledger come back into somewhere that's probably more sensible. Thanks for that, Peter. Matt, Matt, I just want to sort of uh, get uh, elaborate just quickly on this whole Wellington thing. Um, so when the fact that we've dropped quicker than anyone else, does that mean we'll increase quicker than anyone else when it starts going up? And when will we know? Well, actually, traditionally, Wellingtons have been a bit sluggish sometimes when we come out of a recession or come out of a dip market. Wellington tends to be a bit slow out of the starting blocks. Auckland's always been quicker if you look at the stats going as far back as they started producing stats in the early 60s. So Wellington has actually been an incredibly stable market. It hasn't had the highs and lows of uh, cities like Auckland. But uh, as I said, the exception proves the rule. And this time round, we had a massive gain, way bigger than Auckland. And bigger than just about anyone else, you know, maybe barring the likes of Gisborne that had some huge rises, but certainly as the one of the as the cities, we're the largest rise post COVID and now we're we're feeling the effects of that. Matt Ryan, always a pleasure. Thank you very much for coming in. It's hot property. Matt Ryan is our resident property expert.